You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel. We'll help you to see real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to be looking at faith leadership. And to start off, we're going to be hitting Numbers chapter 13. Alright? So let's just jump right in. But before that, don't forget that this is our month of love. And so any questions you have about love, I'm going to be answering them on my Instagram. You can hit me up on Instagram at psd.sen. And I will be answering your questions via video daily, starting from today. All right, so let's go back to Numbers 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send you men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I have given to you, or the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall you send a man, everyone a ruler among them. So God said to Moses, He says, Out of the 12 tribes of Israel, pick a leader from each of the tribes and you're going to send that guy alongside the others into the land of Canaan. They had not crossed into the land of Canaan. Into the land of Canaan, which is the land flowing milk and honey and all that, to go and investigate the land. Okay? Verse 3, And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. So they were leaders of the different tribes or leaders in the different tribes. These were influential men in the tribes. Now, you have to understand that the children of Israel were many. They were about, let's just say, three point something million that left Egypt. And so, if you divide that by 12 tribes and you have prominent leaders, you realize the amount of influence each of these men had. These men were very influential. And when we say influence, it means that these people had the ability to help people under them to go a certain way. When a leader is influential or a person is a leader, the expectation is that he is able to influence his people. He is able to convince them and steer them in certain directions, the directions that he feels that everyone should go. And that's really the essence of being a leader. So you had these 12 guys who were going with you know, Moses' command into the land of Canaan to spy out the land and come back and give a report of the land. What these guys would come back and say would determine a lot about the reaction of the people to the word of the Lord, which was that they should go and possess it. I mean, that's what they were supposed to do anyway. That's what God told them in Canaan. They were supposed to go and possess this land. Okay? So look at verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way, southward, and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell in it, whether they are strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they that, they that dwell in, whether it's good or bad, and what cities they be that dwell in them, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it's fat or lean, whether there's wood there or not, and be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first striped grapes. So, these guys went. Moses said, give us a report. Just go and bring a report. What did you see? You understand? Now, verse 21, so they went and set the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehoboth's, you know, men come to Hamath. Now, to go down, because there's a lot that they saw, they brought the fruit and all that stuff. Okay, verse 25, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. So these guys had 40 days. 40 days is one month plus. 
they had a month plus to search the land. They went all over the place, searched, spied out the land, the people living there, all the things that happened there and all that. And when they came, you know, to Moses, they came and that's verse 26, the last part, and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land, right? And they told him that we came unto the land where you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. So this was a good part. They said that land is actually, like that land is wonderful. That land is flowing with milk and honey. It's a wonderful land. It's fertile. It's everything that we want, everything we ever wanted. And look at the fruit of it. Now the next thing they did, these leaders. Now remember these guys are the leaders. Each of them very influential among their tribes. These guys are the ones who can, because leaders help to paint a proper perspective of the journey, of the vision. They paint a vision. They say everything rises and falls on leadership. Well, it can be that's probably 90% true, but a lot of things rest on the shoulders of leadership. If you see a country that is going very well, the leadership is going doing very well, right? If we digress into that, look at countries like Malaysia. Malaysia was a third world country before, just like where I live currently. And it was the vision of a certain man, the leadership of a certain man that took that country from a third world nation to a first world nation. And there are other nations like that that decided to turn their country around. Just one man that had a very strong vision and pushed. But on the other side, you also see many countries that have also gone into the dust and the darkness because of the vision, the poor vision or lack of vision thereof of a certain man. Are you seeing that? So vision, actually, the vision of the leader specifically does a lot for the state of the people and where the people go. It's a leader who infuses faith in the people. It's a leader who infuses fear in the people. Is a leader that shows people the ability or, or the possibility of achieving something or the impossibility of it. Most things rise and fall with the leader. So who leads you is extremely important. So verse um, 28, these guys now decided to throw a spanner in the wheel. It says, nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, what is the big deal with children of Anak? Why are they specifying those guys? Well, the children of Anak are actually giants. Anak was a giant. And the children of Anak are also giants or, or descendants of the giants. You just need to know that there were giants in that time. And even till the time of David, David for Goliath, that was a giant. He's one of these guys, one of those descendants, right? The, you would also see, um, even after David fought Goliath and killed him, Goliath had about five brothers and several of David's own mighty men killed those guys one by one. Okay? (laughs) So, we had giants. The origin, as most theologians will point out, or people, at least for me, where I believe from what I see in scriptures is from Genesis 6 when angels came and slept with daughters of men and they had children. Those children were giants. So, from there, you know, that's actually where the pollution of the earth began and that's why the earth was so filled with such human beings. That's why God actually had to wipe the earth of them. If you think the flood, if you, you the, the flood was not a uh, what's the word was not just was not just God being wicked. The flood was actually a response of God's love because at that point the human race had been polluted with this new kind of breed of human beings. Part fallen angel, part man. They were not they no, they were no longer human beings. And that's why the Bible says that the, every thought and intent of their hearts. Go and read Genesis six. Was consistently evil. There was no good in them. And that's where God destroyed. He destroyed it to actually preserve the human race. Moses' family was like the last pure breed 
of the human race. But even themselves, one of their strengths, those giant strengths still managed to enter because it continued even after the flood. Okay? But then, so, we now have, let's go back. So, they saw the Anak there, giants, and they were very troubled by what they saw. These guys are giants. Okay? So, they spoke about the other things that they saw and all that. So, they said, okay, this land flows with milk and honey. The next thing, they now brought out the report and said, we saw this, we saw their walls are strong. They began to speak about the strength of the defense of the country and the attacking force and the Anak. And I mean, these guys are something else. They are strong, they are really solid. Okay? Verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. Now, for Caleb to have stilled people before Moses means that they started getting agitated. They started getting tense from what they were saying. Right? These are leaders who are talking to their followers. Moses is the is the chief dog, you know, the number one guy. And Moses has, I mean, believes God that they're going to enter the land. But then these guys come and begin to speak to their own local, I mean, the congregation. And, I mean, imagine a congregation, let's say from the tribe of Levi, right? The Levites, okay? Uh, or let's just say Judah. And your leader is speaking. You guys will pay more attention to your leader than every other person because your leader is your leader. The person is the person you know. You pay more attention to what he's saying. And so they painted the picture. This place is hmm, then it's big, it's massive. People were already, Caleb had to steal the people and say, hey, wait, wait, before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Now that was what I was talking about. Let's go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Now, why is this guy saying this? He's saying this because he knows the God that he has served. He knows the God that brought them out of Egypt. His confidence is in the Lord. He said, God has said we're going to take this land. Come, let's go and take it. Stop mentioning all these unnecessary details. And let me say something. Sometimes when you're believing God for certain things, the details are not very necessary. Let me give you an example. If you, are, you want to pray for someone who is sick, okay? And they tell you this person has hemorrhoid of the something-something gland. Leave it there. Lay your hand in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hands off. Get out. You are healed in Jesus' name. Don't go and sit down, pull a chair and say, ah, what is that? And they say, oh, duh. It's, it is one of the most, it's the rarest disease on earth. Only five people on the entire earth have it. And in fact, this guy on his continent is the only one that has it. And it's a disease that the, the guarantee that he will die is 100%. And not just that, the people that have died, we try treating them. There's no case where this thing has been cured before. Now, you're sitting and listening to that. What's happening to you? You are getting scared. Your confidence is eroding because you are hearing faith coming by what? Hearing. <laughs> you see that? So, your confidence is being what? Eroded. The more you are hearing and hearing and hearing. That's the problem. So, these guys were really just talking and dishing out this thing, dishing out this thing. And the people were hearing, hearing and probably getting more nervous, biting their fingernails like, ah, now wow, now wow. When they mentioned Anna, they said, ah, giant, ah, it's, it's over. It's over. What, what can we do? What are we going to do? You see, they were agitated. They are probably overwhelmed. So, verse 31, after Caleb has stealed the people, but the men that went with him said, we will not be able to go up against the people. For they are what? Stronger than we are. You seeing this? These guys had a very crazy mindset. They had an anti-God mindset. They were not, they didn't believe, these were not believers. They didn't believe in God's ability. Because how can you go through that? And the only thing you are seeing, because the point is they went there and they just let themselves get overwhelmed with all the things they saw. These guys forgot they had come from Egypt. They forgot what God did to Egypt. And Egypt was a stronger nation than Canaan. You need to realize Egypt was like the America of that time. Yet, 
what happened to Egypt, I mean, was something that even, you know the funny thing, what happened in Egypt was so serious that even years, over 40 years later, when Joshua and um, Caleb, no, 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 sorry, the two spies, when they went into Jericho and they met Rahab, the harlot, Rahab said, told her that the nation, the whole nation was quaking in fear because they had heard what their God had done to Egypt. Can you imagine that? So, these guys went there and they are looking at the place. They are looking around and say, hey, now wow, now wow, now wow. You know, the Bible says walk by faith, not by sight. But this guy said, eh, it wasn't just faith, it was also sight because God had already dealt with Egypt, had messed Egypt up in the wilderness, had already done so many signs and wonders, had proven to them over and over again that, look, I am the God that saves you. I am the God that heals you. I am the God that supplies your needs. I am everything you need me to be. That I, that what I am. I am. I am what I will be. I am. I can be anything to you. Can you see that? But these guys chose to forget. They chose to forget. They saw all those signs and their hearts were hardened. I think I mentioned hardness of heart some while back. The hardness of heart is despite the evidence of God's mercy, God's provision, despite the signs and wonders, they still decided to harden their hearts. Are you seeing that? They said, no, they are stronger ones, stronger now. They refused to consider what God had done in the past. You know, some people are like that, right? You face a new situation and refuse to consider what God had done for you before. You refuse to consider how he saved you, how he healed you, how he set you free of that thing, how he came through for your family. You refuse to consider all those things. Your mind is just set on what you are seeing currently. You are walking by sight. Say, ah, no, 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 no. I won't get this admission. The way he's looking, hmm, I won't get this admission. And that's why you will not get it. Your words have condemned you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, there are many instances or cases like that. People just, you know, you are refusing to see what God has done. God has proven himself that he is well able to, you know, deliver you guys. And he's the one that says, go and take up, take the land. Yet these guys are refusing to believe God. Now, look how the Bible calls it. Verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. So you can see here that these guys now went in notch. They didn't just stop at where, like, okay, fine, what they are saying is already bad and bringing so much unbelief into the crowd because that's another thing. Unbelief is very infectious. The same way faith is infectious. When you see a believer who, who has faith, who, who walks by faith, you stare at that guy for a while, that thing will grab you. The same way when you are around people who have strong unbelief, over time, you also become like them. That's the truth. If you are not careful, you become like them. It's so serious that even Jesus on earth had to sometimes take a man away from a lot of people to get the man healed because of their unbelief. In the house of Jairus, you know, he had to take away all the mockers and people that not believe so he could heal the girl. So unbelief hinders. But these guys say they brought up an evil report. What did they say? They say the land we've gone to search is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. Is that what they saw? Is that what they saw really? It eats inhabitants. You see, they now began to paint an evil picture. They didn't just stop there. They allowed Satan to walk through them. They began to paint an evil picture. They began to go totally against God's word. They began to go totally against God. God's plan was go into the land and possess it. What was the thing they were saying? They were saying, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. He said, and the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. It's only the Anak that were giants now. 
the rest, they now said all the men that that's all the people that we saw it are of great stature, all of them. All of them. How can you say that? All of them. That's a lie. They were amplifying fear, amplifying lies, amplifying going against God's word. Now, I want to say this to you that you have to hang around people who amplify God's word. What has God said about you? The people around you, what are they saying about what God has said about you? Are they in unbelief? Are they always talking down on you? Are they always showing you why what is in your heart will not work out? You don't need such people around you. You should limit your association with such people greatly because, trust me, many people do not understand the power of influence. Look, you either bring up a, bring a person up to your own level of thinking or the person will drag you down to his own level of thinking. That is how it works. Look at verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. So, first of all, the evangelist, they even categorize them differently. They say, everyone we saw was of great stature, which was a lie. But he said, and then we now saw the giants, the sons of Anak, of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Notice what they said. We were in what? Our own sight. So, it started with them in our own sight. So, the way they saw themselves... They chose to see themselves as lower than those giants. They chose to see themselves as lesser than those giants. They chose to see themselves as nothing. As the ones who can be easily defeated. That's what they chose to do. He says, we were grasshoppers in our own sights. And so we were in their sight. So, how are you sure you were grasshoppers in their sight? How are you sure? So we were, a, because you are grasshoppers in your own sight, guess what? the people now began to see you as grasshoppers. But yet it's the same people, giant or no giant, that were quaking and terrified about what God did concerning Egypt. Are you seeing that? So it, it matters so much who leads you. Look at 14 verse 1. And the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. The whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would God have it that we died in this wilderness? And therefore God has brought us to the land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey. Were it not better for us to return to, into Egypt? Chai! And they said unto them, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. So you have to also realize, look, at this is God. God has is trying to get them into the land that he promised Abraham, swore to Abraham, their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all that. He's trying to get them into that land. But you see, he's, it's a faith thing because they've not seen the land. They are, they are not, in quote, so equipped. But God has been taking them on a journey of faith by showing them, I love you, I can provide for you, I can all that do all that stuff. But you see, with their declaration here, with their declaration here, they just quickly, <laughs> they just quickly cut off, you know, what they call it, whatever God was going to do because God's power works with our faith. God's power is seen in our faith. Are you seeing that? So, this is what happened here and after this, <laughs> God just took his hands off these people. This was what, when God now said, look, none of you here is going to enter. Actually, from from age of 20 up, none of you here from 20 above is going to enter that land. And that's where they lost out on that inheritance. And rather, what happened was that instead of them to enter the land immediately, they now began to move around one mountain for 40 years until all of them, all the people above 20 died off. That was when God now spoke to Joshua and said, oh yeah, you guys enter the land because a new generation had risen that could believe God. You see, God is so powerful yet God can be so hindered by our belief. What you believe is important. 
the theme of the Bible is belief and unbelief. What you believe about God is important. You can hinder God in your life or you can let God have access by your belief. And how did this all start? By the leadership, the leadership, the leadership, the leadership. The people that were supposed to have joined with Moses to, you know, to infuse faith into the people, what they do? They rather scattered the plan of God, at least for that period. And that's why they all died in the wilderness. All of them died. The only people that entered in that generation were Caleb and Joshua. Because they stood by the word of God and said, no, we are able to enter. We are able to take it. So, how does this apply to your own life? So, what is it in your life that God has spoken to you about? What is it in your life that you know you should be doing? What are the things that you have, the plans, you know, the things that God has said you should do? Or the things you've taken to God and God has said, look, this is okay. Let's go for this. Are you allowing the circumstances around the giants, seeming giants around you? Are you allowing those things to overwhelm you? Are you walking by sight? Or are you going to believe what God has said despite those situations and you don't let your confession change? You keep on confessing the same thing, saying the same thing, speaking God's word over the situation, staying tirelessly over it. Which one are you going to be? <laughs> so you decide. You decide. Anyway, I hope you've learned something from today's episode. And I believe you walk by faith. You are the ones that walk by faith. Glory to God. You are the ones. Say I walk by faith and not by sight. I am the faithful one. I am the one that is full of faith. I am the one who walks by faith. I am the one that holds on to God's word. And I see Bible results. I see the results of God's word. Hallelujah. Alright guys, that's, that's it for today. Have a wonderful day. God bless you and bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram. That's pst.sen. P-S-T dot E-S-S-I-E-N. See you there.